Oh, other way around, sorry. Do you think of me <laughs> as a three-legged puppy? No, I think of you as a two-legged elephant named Stampy. I could destroy an entire village with my whining. I probably could. It's time for the beer phase. With your hosts, Mark Cox. The only Cox in podcasting. Jeffrey Swan. Softest hands in the South, baby. And Ryan Smith. Doesn't matter as long as we're all having fun. And welcome back to another episode of the Beer Phase. How's it going, guys? How you doing? Happy, Happy New, New Year, Year, guys. Oh, in stereo, in tandem. I right. feel so special. You got it in both ears from us. That's what I'm hearing. That's <laughs> how I like it. It's not untrue. A pretty, pretty princess. Someone's gonna need a Q-tip. Yeah. So, how's it going, guys? We got a little bit of... Got a little bit of time right before Shiloh. We figured we'd get back together and talk about uh, some beers tonight. We're going to talk about uh, Shiloh, Masters, Lone Wolf. So stay tuned if you guys want to hear about that. Also kind of our takes on what we've been going through growing pains-wise with Kings of War. Give you guys some feedback on that. Um, And uh, mostly just uh, get drunk. So... Uh, here we go. Uh, tonight we are going to grace y'all with our 2015 top five beer list because it is a new year. We have to shout out 2015 with a goodbye, fuck you, you're a shitty year, kind of for most people, <laughs> and uh, and uh, let you let you know what beers we thought were the best for 2015. Sounds so, uh, awesome, but uh, Jeff, before we do that, I got a question for you. What are you drinking, and what are you drinking it out of? I was just going to say, you know what time it is. It's time for the beer phase. <laughs> so tonight, I will start it off. I am drinking from the company Real Ale Brewing. A, I'm drinking their seasonal coffee porter, which is uh, brewed with Cat's Coffee. That's K-A-T-Z Coffee. It's, uh, I believe, 85 Ah! I think it's eight and a half percent here. Looking for it. I don't see where it's saying it. Nope. Did not they have it. to milk the cats themselves? Um, I believe that these ones just they're just milk cats. So oh. they just sit there and get fed catnip and uh it just comes out. So just spooge out a little eight percent beer every now and then, huh? Well, that's how it goes. So uh what are you drinking, Ryan? I'm working on a New Belgium Lips of Faith Blackberry Barley Wine out of a 64-ounce growler, and I'm drinking it out of a Quake City Rumble 2012 glass because I'm kind of sad it looks like Quake may be on hiatus for a year. Yeah, it's looking that way. Um, I just think that they're a little bit uh, back and forth on not locking down anything and non-commitments and, you know, just everything's kind of like Midwest right now. So, But uh, it'll be sad because... it's a great tournament, man. Mm-hmm. It's a good time. Mark, what are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking uh, some of the petite golden sour that I found in the back of my fridge today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm drinking that out of a clown shoes pilsner that I got at a uh, 
you know, drink the beer, keep the cup thing a while back. Nice. Sweet. So nail down the beer. You guys want to get into your beer review list for 2015? Oh, it's going to be a doozy. I would be really, really surprised if we have any overlap here because we have, a, between us, we have a lot of beers checked in this year. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I get that, but I have a feeling that there's going to be overlap. You think so? Maybe. There might be some. I'm just calling it. We'll see, man. We'll see. Well, I think we should start it off uh, with the person that probably has the most check-ins on Untapped here. So, Ryan, <laughs> why don't you why don't you lead us on into this, brother? Absolutely. The starting uh, with your number five, to be clear. All right, the number five beer at home. that I drank last year was Hand and Seal from Brooklyn Brewery. Uh, it's an English barley wine. It's about thirteen percent or so. Um, it had a really, really complex front palate, and the nose was just really sweet. And if there's one thing I love, it's a sweet barley wine. My wife actually got it for me for my birthday, and then we waited almost nine months to drink it. Damn. And it was delicious. In a growler? You waited that long to drink it? No, that was in a bottle. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, it was a cork really bottle. Impressive. I almost ate, uh, put it in the cellar to age. Yeah. Nice. What about you, Mark? You're next up. Uh, yeah. Uh, this one I had uh, when I was at a beer fest in was it June, July, April, something like that. And then um, you got it for me for my birthday a couple of months ago. That's uh, right. It's the, amazing. It is. It is. It's a. It's a great beer. It's uh, our our hometown brewery, Collective Brewing Project. Uh, their American Sour Red that they only released in bottles. That's right. Uh, it's a 6.5%, which for a sour is is pretty high, high. in alcohol and content. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it it's just a really solid beer all the way around. Agreed, man. That was super close to being on my list. And, man, if it if I didn't have so much other stuff crowding around it, it, it would have been in there for sure. I I think it would be higher on my list if I could drink it more often. You know what I mean? Then it's limited release. Yeah, so. like if they if they got into like a major rotation, which who knows, maybe they will next yeah, year. Yeah, I mean it's possible. I guess we'll see. Yeah. Well, um, my number five is not gonna not gonna surprise anybody, but they're probably gonna be surprised that it's not higher. But that's just how good the list is. So uh, you're gonna hear it again. Here it comes. Uh, Lakewood Mole Temptress uh, takes my number five spot. Um, it's my favorite. It's a uh, imperial stout. Uh, it's got uh, cinnamon and a little bit of pepper on it. Tiny, 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 tiny touch of lime in the back there. So um, if you like stouts and you come to Texas, come around, uh, when is it, uh, autumn? Yeah, it's usually in the no, autumn. Uh, it's, no, it's, it's, the, it's usually around like May. For like Is Cinco it? de Mayo, yeah. So it'll be right after they get done with the uh, the Valentine's Day temptress. That yeah, they either bourbon is, barrel yeah. it or they do raspberry. Yeah, and then then they cycle into uh, mole. That mole is just so solid, so solid. Uh, you know, and when I'm always sad when it when it goes away because I gotta wait till next year to get it. So solid, solid choice. Something to look forward to in 2016, then. Yep, definitely. Uh, Ryan, uh, you want to go on to your number four? My number four? Uh, Mark actually brought this down for me right before the Alamo. Uh, it is a blended beer. They call it a strong ale, but it's two-thirds of Imperial Stouts and a third of a barley wine. It is Flight of the Angry Beast from Clown Shoes. Nice. Uh, I think it hits at about 11%. I'm looking at my notes on what I liked about it, and it was that uh, you could drink it all day long and not realize it was the alcohol it was. Um, it really felt like I was drinking bourbon almost in terms of the oak feel for it. Um, I really liked it. It was really good. I shot the whole growler in about an hour. I was very <laughs> oh, that's awesome. With that. Yeah, it was a good beer, man. I'm glad I could get it to you. Yeah, thanks for bringing it down. I do appreciate it. Anytime, dude. Uh, we'll roll into mine then, I guess. Uh, my number four, 
this is something I had really early on in the year, uh, and it's the McKellar beer. Uh, they, I actually don't know where they're from. I, I think they're from overseas. Uh, and they had the Beetlejuice, which is a mm. goes type beer. Uh, again, it's it's a stronger side because goes sours tend to be about the same percentage level. But this is a five point five, and it was uh, dry hopped, and they age it in oak barrels. So you get a really interesting kind of concoction of sweet sour, um, you know, whiskey flavor on it. So pretty pretty good beer. I liked it a lot. Uh, I. I haven't been able to find it since the last time they had it at Crafting Prowler. So that's a really yep. good choice. I had that, that one. I think December of fourteen, or it would have been on this list for me. Yeah. See, there you go, man. Like, and McKellar is a great brewery, even though I don't necessarily know where they're at, because uh, there are a lot of other McKellar brewery or brew beers, blech, beers that I was going to put on the list, but I had them in twenty fourteen, so I couldn't couldn't pick them. <laughs> hmm. Well, what you got I... number four, Jeff? I got a I got uh, one that's uh just barely in 2015 I suppose but they do do it every year. Um the Deep Elm Chocolate Double Brown Cherry Stout. Mm, yum. It's amazing. Uh Deep Elm is um another one of our local brew companies and uh yep. they Downtown made Dallas. really really good dark beers uh, i mean they have a couple other beers that aren't necessarily just darks but um they make good porters they make good browns and good stouts uh, they just they they do what they do really well um this one basically it tastes like you were having it's a stout that just tastes like a, a cherry sundae like a, a hot fudge sundae with cherries in it you know it's it's just like childhood but in a beer it's it's really really good and it's uh i think it's 10 10 and a half percent i believe sounds about right yep that's their uh that's deep ellum's valentine's day beer yeah usually it's so, definitely something i always look forward to it, so. yeah february can't wait deadpool and and, <laughs> and, and <laughs> priorities out yeah Cool. Uh, Ryan, number three. What My you number got? three, I'm going to jump in with it. I had it up in Dallas at Craft and Growler with Mark We're on our way out to uh, Rock Wars. It's a, a collaboration beer between Surly and a Belgian brewery that I'm going to mangle the name of, Brauerige de Proof. Uh, it's called Long of Tooth. Yeah. Uh, awesome. It's an old ale with Belgian chocolate in it. Uh, it was a ton of caramel. Um it had some some Brett yeast, I think they fermented it with, so it had some Belgian qualities to it. That thing was just complex. I got a growler of it on the way to Rock Wars. I got a growler of it on the way back, and I just enjoyed that beer. Uh, it's 10%, which makes it shockingly the lightest of my top fives in terms of ABV. But yeah, that one was really, really good. Nice. Sweet. Uh, my number three, I'm going to go with Left Hand Brewing, and uh, I had their Wake Up Dead Nitro. <laughs> uh, just Okay, I guess Ryan has this on his list, too. It's an honorable mention. Okay, there you go. Well, I it was one of the better ones that I had had this year. So 10.2% uh, ABV, can't argue with that. Great beer. Um, it's got a little bit of coffee flavor to it. Uh, some dried fruit, and they they say licorice notes, but I didn't pick up on that when I drank it because I usually don't like licorice. So, uh, good beer, liked it a lot. Uh, the licorice comes out, I think, as it warms up. Oh, really? So if you've got it in a snifter and you're uh, spinning it around, it'll come out with the licorice note. Gotcha. I'm glad I did not allow that to happen. Then <laughs> I drank a bottle of it at room temperature, and it was exquisite. <laughs> uh, Jeff. Jeff. Let's hear it. Yeah, um, I I'm surprised I, I I beat Mark to this one, but his is probably it's probably up higher on his list, so he'll probably, probably be, think I'm crazy for having this at my number three. But um, mine is uh, our local brewery again, um, Collective, and it's the Petite Golden Sour. Uh, I 
this is the first time I had had it was this year, and it was amazing. It's just really, really sour. It's got, um, it's like, it's so awesome because of how clear it is. You put it into the glass, and like you can see through it through the other side. Like there's nothing in like. It's it's got a it's gold, yeah, right? but it's it right no now. hazy. Yeah. You know, it's there's no haze to it. It's I mean they they win awards with this beer just all the time. So you know there's a there's a reason why they win those awards. And um, if you ever get your chance to get your hands on anything from Collective, you're probably uh probably best off doing so. So uh, Petite Golden Sour takes my number three. Which got I'll jump two, in right? on my yeah. number two. Um, What's that? I'm going to go with Higher Math from Dogfish Head. Mm. Uh, I had it at the San Antonio Untapped Beer Festival. Uh, they brought a keg of it down there. It lasted 40 minutes. Uh, it's a strong ale at about 17%. Um, it was massively complex. It was fantastic. There was cherry. There was cocoa. There was a little bit of hops. Um, just exquisite and wonderful, and I couldn't have drank more than three ounces of it. Mostly because I would have been on my back. A seventeen percent is a pretty damn strong beer. That's yeah, that's their uh, their twentieth anniversary. Damn. And you didn't taste that it was seventeen percent until you were finished. All right, Mark, what do you got for your number two? Sweet. Uh, well, you know, conveniently enough, you were right. It is on my list. Uh, <laughs> I just got done drinking it. It's so uh, sad that it's that that we're that close no, on where it places yeah, on I, our I, list. I'm, I'm actually surprised that uh, Full Steam Common Good didn't make your list, Jeff. But um, the Petite you, Golden Sour. Maybe you just better wait. Oh, really? Maybe yeah. I, just, I just spoiled it. okay well sorry for everybody for that um but yeah i mean the petite golden sour i could i could literally drink that every day of my life morning noon and you know dinner and and just be really happy it's just a great beer i love it all the way around so yep that's that's my number two well, my number two is Full Steam Comics. Hey, see? <laughs> That's where we disagree, because that is not better than the Golden Sour. You know, I think that it's a flavor profile thing for me, that uh, they're both really super good. I like the I like the finish on um, the Full Steam, just because I like the... Uh, I, I, it's not just straight sour, sour, sour. Like, the Petite Golden Sour is super sour all the way around, and you get just a lot of sour note. The uh, full steam hits you sour, but it it leaves it leaves almost I, I would say almost like a lot a lot smoother. You know what I mean? Not not so much of a hit like where you it's not such a tart it, punch at the you, end. You don't finish drinking it and go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you don't get that click afterwards. So, but um, yeah, they're both super good. Full steam. You know, maybe it's just a thing because I uh, I liked. It's it's not something I can just get all the time, you know what I mean? So maybe it's a nostalgic thing, but I got you. All right, on to number one, Ryan. What you got? Number one for me, it should be no surprise to anyone that listens to our podcast more than once or twice. It's going to be Thor Hilder from Rognus. Uh, I had this at a beer garden up in Bernie. Uh, loved it enough that I got two growlers of it, and loved it enough that in the car on the way home, I called the brewery and said, "What would it take to get a keg of it?" And ended up with a keg of it that's down in my uh, kegerator right now, and I still haven't floated it. Uh, it's ten and a half percent, some great black currant notes, a little bit of raisins. It's everything I want a quad to be, and it's sessionable because I'll drink three or four of them at a time. So as if it's not as floated, ten and a half percent. If it's not floated by the time we go to Masters, and you're looking for something to fill up that growler that I gave you <laughs> with, to bring it to Masters. I'd say probably go with that one. You got it. Because that was uh, so good when you brought it up. It's uh, it's my default. If I'm going out gaming, I fill up a growler of it. That's awesome, man. Mark, what's yours? All right. Uh, you know, throwback to when I used to live in Dallas. I got to go with a Lakewood beer, too. And uh, I'm going to go with the Sin Mint. Uh, it's, it is a variation of the Temptress, which is a milk stout. Um just 
a really, really smooth drinking beer. Uh, the the Sin Mint is the, for those of you who've had uh, Girl Scout cookies and you've had the Thin Mint, um, that's what Sin Mint is. Like it's a milk stout that tastes and finishes like a Girl Scout cookie, Thin Mint. You know, the little chocolate and the little mint thing. Oh, my God. It is such a good beer. You, obviously, you can't drink this beer, you know, you know, in the summer at like 100 degrees outside, sweating yeah, your balls yeah. off. But if you can keep it moderately cold and, you know, it's cold outside or even, you know, a little temperate, but just not super hot. Oh, dude, I can just and, and Jeff will laugh because I did this the other day at his house. <laughs> but you can just you can just pour Seriously, that thing into ridiculous. a glass, and I'll just sit there and I'll just smell it like for thirty minutes. It just it smells so good. That he literally did that. He literally just sat there, drink didn't it. drink it, and just smelled it for thirty minutes. I, I did. I it's did ridiculous. Drink it when somebody tried to take it from me so that they could drink it, because <laughs> I, I drank it then. But yeah, I that's such a good beer. I can't Great, wait. So I'm gonna have to come up and get some. Dude, it's coming up. It's a, uh, it's like a a winter beer, so they're gonna be dropping it. And they've already dropped it in bottles, but they're gonna be dropping kegs of it across town here pretty soon. Oh, yeah. Nice. So plan to come up. All right. What is I know it, Jeff? Mark, Mark already knows what mine's gonna be, so it's not gonna be a shock to him. But it's uh, it's oh, yeah. our yeah, little right. local little local brewery that we have over here. That's a brew pub, and this is gonna. Like, be, people are going to be like, huh, really, really? And I'm going to say, yes, this is, this is my shock yes. face. It is by Chimera Brewing, which is a brew pub over here. And it's called We Are Hellfire. We Are Hellfire is a uh, ESB, and they brew it with um, fresh serranos and um, cucumbers, English cucumbers, in the steep. So they cut them up like half them, quarter them, and stuff like that. And they do the steep with like 10 pounds or 20 pounds of cucumbers and a bunch of serrano peppers. And I'm telling you, man, they only do this beer. They only do like, they only brew it like once a year. And I filled up, I think, seven or eight 64-ounce growlers <laughs> myself. Hmm. Um, it's it's amazing. And I had a tear, like little little, little Indian tear coming down my <laughs> coming down my face when i drink the last cup of it for uh out of my out of my growler knowing that it was going to be a while but locally or luckily i have pressured them into uh doing another brew of it in the nearby future so i won't have to wait as long to get my hands on yeah, it yeah it, it's it's funny you bring it up every time we go there and literally it's gotten to the point to where you you're almost at the point of telling them, I will cut all the peppers myself. I don't. I will care. bring them to you. <laughs> <laughs> I will do Just the work funny. for you. Yes, it's it's really good. So, if you guys ever come out to Texas for a tournament, for sure, um, you know, hit us up and we'll we'll take you to all the good you, brew pubs out this way. Do you think they're going to have it in rotation by the time Lone Wolf hits? Oh. Because they know. said that's usually like a spring thing, right? Yeah, I mean, because hmm. I remember we went to with that. We went to that brunch with you guys, and they had it there. That was the first time I'd ever had it. Yeah, but that was back when I still lived in Dallas. I don't know. Yeah, it's a good beer. It is. It's it's good beer. So you know that'll uh, that covers it for me, man. It's a solid Sweet. fifteen beers. It's a solid yeah. fifteen, so uh, yeah. We'll, uh, any honorable any honorable mentions you guys had? They were good, but not quite top five level. Oh, yeah. Second, I gotta click into yes. here. I have, I have. Uh, I'll give. Let's try and narrow it to two of them. How about that? Do you have a couple honorables you want to go over there, uh, oh. Ryan? Absolutely. Uh, St. Arnold Divine Reserve number 15, which is an Imperial Stout. I actually think they brewed it a couple of years ago, but I found it in my beer closet and pulled one out. That was a delicious, delicious Imperial Stout. And then uh, Branch Line Old 300, which is a Flanders Sour. Uh, Branch oh, nice. Line's a brewery here in San Antonio that I like. And it was uh, really good to see something like that coming out of a brewery that's not really known for doing sour styles. Huh. 
Oh, man, I always like to... If there's a sour on tap, me and Mark will get it. <laughs> I'm the same way. I, yeah. I hated the first yeah, sour I ever had. It was sour. the uh, New Belgium La Folie, and I was not prepared for what it was. That's the Lips of Faith, right? Yeah, that's the Lips yeah. of Faith one. I love that beer. My God, I love sours now. Yeah. Hey, you have a good sour, and you, you really take off. Um, my two honorable mentions would be um, Ar- uh, Armadillo Aleworks, uh, the Brunch Money. Uh, Imperial Stout. You had that, that was... this year? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, we had it. We both had it. Well, I, I had had it last year. I knew that. Or, sorry, No, we had it while we were uh, prepping for Masters, like, two weeks before. No, no, I, I know that. I'm saying I had had it before then. That's, oh, bring that up. yeah, that was that's, the first that's time That's a really, I had really had cool it. beer for people yeah. that haven't had it. Um, and the other one, I would say, if I'm going to narrow it down, I would probably have to go with the, um, Odell, um, how do you say it? Linguine? Lugine. Lugine chocolate milk stout. It's one of my things, favorites. Things amazing. <laughs> things so good. <laughs> so, yeah, so, Odell's milk stout, man. Oof, so good. My two, I got to go with. Make sure that this is the right date on this thing. Yeah, all right. There's no way I can pronounce that name anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go with the derivative uh, Fistful of Unidragon. Um, mm-hmm. I nice. Love the original Blaycord Unidragon by Clown Shoes. I, I will get bottles of that and just have a good old drunk time drinking it. Uh, but the Fistful was just slightly different um, enough to be considered different beer uh and you know it's just clown shoes rarely goes wrong when they go super heavy on the uh, alcohol percentage and this one's a 14 percent, so you know it's worth it they cracked my and top then uh five. my <laughs> other one what they'd cracked my top five dang right they did clown shoes is awesome um and then the other one is the holy good lord there's no way i'm gonna be able to pronounce that <laughs> I think, I think this. Yeah, this is the beer that Julian brought back from uh, from Belgium. Oh it was yeah, the quad that was their quote unquote best beer or brewery ever, and best beer of the brewery. The best so, beer in the history of French beer and Belgian beer and yes. all of your beer is yes. Belgian beer. You don't even know. Uh, so instead of trying to. Just totally butcher that. Um, it was their Trappist West Velerton 12. Um, so, yeah, he got a couple of bottles of it while he was in Belgium, and he brought them back for us, and we got to try them while we were doing Lone Wolf last year. So they were really, that one really was good. also in my upper upper levels. Nice. Cool. Cool. Well, let's take, a, yeah, let's take a quick break, and uh, we'll be right back. Sweet. Drunk and dad got drunk at a Christmas party. We were drinking champagne, punching homemade eggnog. Little sister brought her new boyfriend. He was a Mexican. We didn't know what to think of him. Tell us thanks. Police Navidad, Police Navidad. Brother Ken brought his kids with him. The three from his first wife, Lynn. And the two identical twins from his second wife, Mary. Of course it brought his new wife Kay Who talks all about AA Chain smoking while the stereo plays Noel, Noel, the first Noel Caught the turkey, turned the ball game on 
Lake's Margarita's where the eggnog's gone. Send somebody to the quick pack store. We need some ice and an extension cord. A can of bean dip and some dying rides. A box of tampons, some Marlboro lights. Hallelujah, everybody say cheese. Merry Christmas from the family. Fran and Rita drove from Harlingen. I can't remember how I'm kin to them. But when they tried to plug their motor home in, they blew our Christmas lights. Cousin David knew just what went wrong So we all waited out on our front lawn He threw a breaker and the lights came on And we sang silent night, oh, silent night Oh, holy night Carved the turkey, turned the ball game on Make bloody berries, cause we all want one. Send somebody to the stop and go. We need some celery and a can of baked snow. A bag of lemons and some diet sprites. A box of tampons, some Salem lights. Hallelujah, everybody say cheese. Merry Christmas from the family. dedicated to the game Kings of War. Join your hosts Andrew, Mark, and Rob as they delve into the world of Mantica and bring you in-depth coverage of all things Kings of War. You can find us on iTunes and at OhioHammer.com. A proud member of the Ohio Hammer Network of Podcasts. Alright guys, and we are back. Uh, it's time for another beer phase, because we had a break. Ryan, why don't you start us out? I am enjoying a three-legged lab from Carbach Brewing Company. I'm still drinking it out of the QCR glass, except I only poured a little, so I'm going to drink the rest out of the growler, because I'm lazy. Mark, what about you? I am drinking that Celebrator that I got a while mm. back. I just totally blanked on the name of it, uh, the brewery that makes it. But anyway, uh, I'm drinking it out of a uh, Bayou's 10th anniversary glass. I have opted for the left-hand brewing Fade to Black, which is the seasonal right now. This is volume one. Uh, it is a, uh, it's a, it's a stout. It's pretty pretty hefty stout. It's got a nice like 10% on it. It's their seasonal. It's pretty damn good. I like left-hand pretty much everything they make but this is probably my top three you drinking it on nitro or regular i am drinking it out of a bottle and not on nitro uh it's regular uh they are not, bottling not nitro. it nitro now are yeah, they, they bottle nitro yep. Ooh, i didn't see that but i am still drinking out of that oscar blues piner throwback ipa glass so oh, excellent call mm-hmm. i uh I have some of those sitting in my fridge that someone left from New Year's that I was thinking about stealing. The Piner? Oh, yeah. No, the... Uh, oh, the Fade to Black? The Fade to Black. Fade yeah, to they're black. out there, dude. Yeah. Go ahead. They're pretty nah. good. They All right, good. I'll wait for you. He's going to wait, wait for me. Wait, Jeff. He will I'll wait, wait for you, Fred. I will wait for you. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, our next segment, we're going to just kind of talk about, um, Kings of War in general, because we are, we are 
really kicking it up here. Uh, tournament season is getting ready to go through. Um, me and Mark got together last night and played some games. We did a primer. Um, we're just getting ready to try and set up our lists for the season so we can we can play. So we'll, we'll hit you guys with a little bit of our thoughts on some lists. Um, but we're basically going to talk about the three upcoming um, events that we have coming up out here in the south and uh, maybe give you guys some dates on them if Mark can pull some of those up and um, just let you guys know what's going on out here because uh, as you know the south completely switched over to Kings of War and so we're really getting behind driving um, getting some more population in it this year uh, so Without further ado, we'll go ahead and get started with the first uh, tournament for the South, which is Shiloh Slaughter. Yep. Mark, why don't you give us a little history on Shiloh Slaughter, since this is my first year attending Shiloh, so I won't talk about it. Shiloh uh, is a tournament that's run out of Fayetteville, North Carolina. North nope. Carolina, Wow. Go ahead Failed. and cut that one. Uh, <laughs> no, leave it in. That's hilarious. Shiloh is run that's out Dan. of Fayetteville, Arkansas. Yeah, dude, that's me pulling a... <laughs> I wanted to go and drink some full steam moments. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, it's it's out of Arkansas, Fayetteville. Um, they've been running the tournament there since 2002, but the, the, the actual name of the tournament has kind of changed hands a couple of times, so... Um, it started as something else. It's become the Shiloh Slaughter. Uh, and it, it's usually run on that weekend between the playoffs and the Super Bowl year. So that typically lines up with Wapaka. Um, used to be a five-game Warhammer tournament. Now it's going to be a five- or six-game Kings of War tournament. Um, I believe they're doing and, six, aren't they? And Priest made... I don't see that in here on the web okay. page. I and Fair I enough. listen yeah. I listened to Brian's yeah, I didn't, yeah, podcast on, with yeah. Countercharge and that was like two months ago and that work weekend <laughs> in between. So Yeah. I for the life of me cannot I remember. didn't hear him say six. Let me pull it up. So I don't know. There we go. Schedule. That's the easiest way. Yep, they're doing six games. Alright. Well, there you go. Cool. Yep. Four games the first day, two games the second day. And we're you actually heard it wrong out. here first, guys. It is. You heard games. it wrong here, and then you heard <laughs> it here first. Everybody can stop tweeting me now. I work the internet just like you guys do. Uh, but yeah, so he's got that up. He's got three of his scenarios up. Um, the first scenario is always a blind deployment um, and close list, which is fun because you can really. You can really mess with people in blind deployment. Um, a couple of years ago, they did it where the uh, they had us in a room where it had ceiling uh, mirror on the ceiling, so everybody was looking oh up. Oh my god! Just cheating the shit out of their opponents. But uh, uh, they move venues. The venue uh, that they've moved to is a lot better. Um, it's closer to downtown. Um, it's a proper hotel, um, not a converted motel, and. Uh, yeah, they uh the, the Arkansas football team was doing like recruiting exercises there the same weekend last year. So um That's funny. Pretty cool hotel, um walking distance to a lot of cool bars. Um That's what we care about. The the, the quote unquote thing to do is get drunk with Xavier Pendleton and take him to karaoke <laughs> and let him embarrass and harass all the drunk University of Arkansas frat guys uh during karaoke. <laughs> so Hopefully we get to do that again this year. I don't know. Xavier never seems like he pays attention to when tournaments are, so he'll either be there or he won't. Um, Dan will be drunk. Shocker. Uh, and Chris Douglas out. will be there. And I'll get to regale Chris Douglas with how drunk I am, like I did last year. Uh, it's just it's just a fun tournament all the way around. It's a good way to start the season. Um it's actually, and, and here's something that I've noticed with Arkansas tournaments is they tend to be, I don't want to say more friendly, but the games are more easygoing. I, I'm not, it's going to come out sounding derogatory or something, but it's really not. It's, you know, when you're in a competitive environment and oh, yeah, totally. you, you go somewhere where everybody's yeah. kind of more like laid back, it, it still can be a competitive environment and I guarantee you it will be. 
but everybody's just going to have a little more fun. Uh, yeah. So that's that's always been my experience at Shiloh. Um, I'm trying just, to play to that too with my list. I'm trying to, you know, kind of keep it keep it classy, San Diego. You know. Yeah, and and I mean it's. The only thing you really have to worry about when we're driving up there is if some freak weather storm hits and like there's a lot of ice and snow on the road because there's one big gigantic like mountain that you have to come down <laughs> and it goes into a bridge over like a ravine. So if you catch that on some ice, like you'll go white knuckle. Um, it'll be pretty scary, but that hasn't happened and it knock on wood won't happen this year. Um, so yeah, uh, it's it's a good tournament all the way around. Um, what are you kind of thinking about with it? Cause he's, he's thinking he's going to be in the neighborhood of 40 to 50 players. And I, I think that's I about think right. Gonna, yeah. I think he's going to have 40. Um, I mean, I'm looking at his numbers and stuff like that. And I mean, I hope, I hope he hits 50, but I mean, I'm being realistic well, he, with drops. He hasn't updated like that, that list. Oh, he, yeah. he updated the list. Holy crap. Yeah, he did. There you go. Sweet. I think he'll be somewhere in the ballpark of 40 after drops and stuff. Cause I think he was at what 44 or something like that right now. Uh, the numbers say 41, but there's like a weird break on the yeah, yeah, PDF. Yeah. So yeah. hard to tell. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. It's the first, it's the first tournament for the South for Kings of war. So, yep. um, you know, he's, you know, he had to, he had to be he had to be the one that set up, set out and just goes, "This is what I'm going to do." You know, so he has no kind of basis on what he can really set anything up for. Just kind of going off of the consensus of what we've all kind of talked yeah, about. As it's going to be an interesting conversion so. to see how it really goes. Yeah, because that's tough, man. That's a really tough position to be in where you have to convert your tournament without a lot of time, you know, relative yeah. to everybody Not else. A lot like, of play time that you no offense, in. Ryan, but yeah. you've had a lot of time to mull yeah. over Kings of War by the time Alamo will have happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas Ryan or not Ryan, Brian was kind of screwed into a corner um just by the timing. So, yeah. But still, I mean that's I think he's I think he's already got more signed up than he had last year. Uh, and that's yeah, he because a lot of us lot took off the pack last year for um, Shiloh. I mean, we were we were so focused on Masters and stuff last year that there's just no way we could have done you know both. Like well, boom, boom, I, I could, you know? last year a lot of us did took like a group of like ten guys up to Wapaka. Yeah. That's that's really what it was. Was the ten guys that went to yeah. Wapaka would have been the ten guys in his room. So instead of having you know whatever it was, forty four, he would have had thirty four. So, so yeah, I mean, that's... I'm excited. I'll be taking uh, be taking some pretty friendly abyssals, um, trying out, um, running some stuff that people say isn't very good. So I'm doing what I normally do, and I'm gonna take it and show that it can do good <laughs> if you play it right. So um, yeah, it's a pretty good list. I mean, don't yeah. I I think you're downplaying it more than you need to. It's pretty solid. Yeah, if you're about a good player, staying I think, power. Yeah, exactly. I think if you play the list to its strengths and stuff like that, then yeah. But it's not it's not a super straightforward type of a list, and uh, you know we can go over that and stuff afterwards or whatever. I don't really care. Not that I'm worried about a closed list or anything, but well, I mean, if if you just don't list off your items. I don't think it's going to matter. Yeah. So basically, I'm taking um, two units of Succubi, um, which will be regiments. I'm taking two units of the Hellhounds, which are troops. Um, I'm taking um, a unit of the Abyssal Guard. This is off the top of my head. I'm not reading it. So, uh, unit of Abyssal Guard regiment. Um,. I'm taking an Abyssal Champion uh, hero, and then I'm taking an Efreet, a, um, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, the Champion has wings because it's a regular upgrade, um, the Abyssal Fiend, uh, Efreet, and a uh, 
torture. The Will of Souls, right? Yeah, the Will of Souls, and then a regiment of tortured souls. I think that's it. Did you list off the Hellhounds? Yeah, I had two, okay. two, tro- two troops of the Hellhounds. Yeah, I may have missed that. Okay. So, my thought is a lot of people don't think the Succubi are that great, and I think they're insane. I think they're great. Um, yeah, they're, they're not the obvious choice for um, what is what is amazing but if you're a good player i think they're really really good um and then the hellhounds man everybody's just like oh he's what what a pointless unit what a pointless unit i saw it on facebook like multiple times so what a why even happen so i was like you know what these are pretty decent and how did they do versus you mark i mean what was your thought on the hellhounds? Uh, they they did great because with your list your two or three main threats draw so much attention that you can't focus on the hounds even though you know like oh yeah i can pop those easy if i if i really put you know a decent amount of effort into it yeah but you can't because you know you can't put the effort into them you've got those big threats that are like hey if you don't take care of me first you're gonna be in trouble and so yeah sure enough yeah i mean at that point i mean when i was playing you i think both games i just had to kind of ignore them um, you know, I, I, I think I dealt with one of them both times, uh, yeah. but only, only when it became prudent to like, at that point I was shifted off to that side and it was like, well, either take care of these or do nothing for a turn. Well, I'll take care of these then. Right. Uh, sort yeah. of thing. So yeah, I, 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 and they're I so get, fast. I, you know? yeah, that's the thing. They're so fast and I get why people might not think that they're that great, but they, they they pack a wallop when they they get in there on the flank or something. Yeah, if you're throwing them in the front of stuff, you're probably using them wrong. Yeah, totally agree. Cool. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll give a rundown of the list I'm kind of looking at. I may tweak this, um, considering I've got another two hours to turn this in. But <laughs> uh, I've got three regiments of slaves. I've got a legion of slaves. I've got three regiments of blight. I've got two hordes of the brutes. I have a mutant rat fiend. I have two of the warlocks. I have a storm crier, and then I have a demon with the flying upgrade. So I got a lot of chaff and a couple of points to hit home with. So it'll just have to be how it's a lot well different I from what you were practicing. Yeah, yeah and, and that's <coughs> the thing. Like that, that all punch army. You know, like we were talking about last night. Yeah, that all yeah. punch army I was bringing. Look great on paper. Wow, this this can deal with a whole lot. Problem was, you take a couple of wounds through it here and there. Now all of a sudden, the punch isn't really there anymore. So that's the issue that I have seen with Kings of War. Um, you know, it's just there's a lot of stuff that just looks just outstanding on paper, and people posting lists of, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Check this out, and and like I'm just always in my head like it seems good, but like it's good in a vacuum. Right, like, yeah. like it's it's good, it's good in theory, right? It's a great yeah, army until you start hurting it. Yeah, it's like Mike Tyson says: everybody got a, everybody got a strategy until they get punched in the face. You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> well, well done, sir. Well done. So, I know you are not planning on having a list for uh shiloh and stuff ryan but i mean is there something you've been kind of fiddling with i know you've been looking at a lot of herd stuff i know that um you know you're you haven't played a ton of games so far but what's your experience because I mean, we haven't we haven't heard a lot from you as far as you know what you've been doing and what you've been playing on for the I've games of war stuff so yeah i got three games in over the christmas holiday um with herd and I'm starting to learn that chaff serves a very, very, very important purpose yeah. in games of war. One um, and, and on the herd, for sure. Yeah, so I've been doing a lot of experimenting with taking uh, harpies or taking just single blocks of eagles rather than a regiment. Or, or the uh, hunters? You take those little hunter packs, the little 10-pack with Vanguard? Yep, hunter packs. I haven't tried them with Vanguard. They come, they with, come Vanguard. with Vanguard. Duh. Yeah. Um, or the uh, the beast packs, or another great yeah. one. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Where okay, you can threaten this, but I'm gonna have this, and it'll be in your ear. And I'm starting to learn finesse techniques that I'm not really a finesse player. I'm a push forward and hit them in the face player. Sure. So it's you have a hard time with herd then. <laughs> yeah. 
Blackheart is a very finesse army. It's deceptive because it can really grind you in the face, but it's it's um you have to play to its benefits or you'll you'll get caught out. Mhm. Mm and that's what I'm learning. You've got to be able to threaten on multiple angles so that they are giving up a flank no matter what they do. Yeah. You'll be and better off that as ogres if you force them push. to make mistakes. Yeah. So yeah, I've been I've been enjoying it. I've been running pretty lichen heavy. Nice. Um, you like I'm in my love style. with the Brutox, nice. I'm in love with Lichens, I'm in love with the, mm. the Lichen Alpha with four up regen. Yes. You uh, are playing it my style, man. I love it. Have you been taking any chimeras? Uh I'm not doing chimeras right now just because I don't have the uh the regiments for it. Okay. Um, oh, that's sort like of a, what I'm like running into because I'll take it. a stampede and then I don't have that fourth regiment to give me or the fourth uh, horde to give me another choice in monster. Ah, yeah, because um, stampede don't unlock talks. anything. Yeah, those brute talks are awesome. Um, what I what I would suggest is trying the um, trying the chimera either a without wings and just using it as a tank. Mm -hmm. Like it's basically just use it like a regular unit, but you can shove him into the front of just some cav unit or whatever if you want to and, and he can he can take that charge and withstand it or you can give him the wings and you can charge a cav unit that has thunderous charge and no crushing and mm -hmm. you won't beat them you won't necessarily just take them down but when they counter charge you they won't do a damn thing and you'll crush them the next turn or you can fly up and over them and at something behind them that you know was was an option the, the wings make it more expensive but I found I used the um, Lycan Alpha and that um, Chimera in conjunction with each other, and they're almost like the same stat lines. Mm -hmm. So you can set up with one and go lock stuff down, the other one comes in and flanks or rears or something like that, and it's just devastating. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I've been running that. I've been running Horde of Lycans, Regiment of Lycans with the Lycan Alpha running alongside, and then a, a mounted heel shaman behind them yeah. just to make them more obnoxious. Yeah, yeah that's shaman. Hoo-wee. Um, and then I've been and doing And they some... have Banechant 3, man. Yeah, they do, and it's fantastic, and you can drop it on a beast pack unit alongside them, or the, the uh, Regiment of Lycans, and it makes them a lot more potent. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, another thing I've been doing to kind of mess with my opponents is running a a horde of spearmen and giving them the uh, helm of confidence nice. and then yeah. just dropping them unsupported in the middle of the board. Yep. Be like, letting right, them double here. charge and then, Oh, reroll that. We're here. Well, I don't know. Andrew Sherman would say that inspiring doesn't mean anything, which we found out was not, was not accurate. <laughs> I've heard that, but I don't believe it. <laughs> I, I feel like he was trolling Rob, but I'm also learning that my opponents tend to roll the double ones when I need them to. Yeah. So that's well, good. Well, you are a prick. It, it that has never been, happens for it me. It has been working out, man. <laughs> Last night, just alone, I mean, I played Mark, and I think Inspiring came into effect in two games. It came into effect, I think, like no, six on, times. <laughs> on, on almost every single roll where yeah. Inspiring was present, it yeah. was a factor. Yeah. Hmm. Almost. And not all of them. Not all of them. Damn close. A lot of them, yeah. You were you were in for a couple of bad breaks if I got to keep some of those first rolls I had. Oh yeah, man. I, I same here. specifically I mean, same here. like, you know, I moved that one hero all the way over just to make sure that I had inspiring on that one roll because it was that big of a swing, you know, knowing the math on it, so But yeah, man. Learning to use that inspiring practically and stuff is that's the other key so i don't know i'm really i'm excited uh to play this tournament season because uh i've you know i've been playing a lot of locals and stuff like that so it's it's one of those things it's i want to get outside of the locals and see what everybody else is doing you know because mm -hmm. you have you got dan king and stuff like you know oh this is what i took from my list and everybody's like oh instantaneously oh, this is what dan king's doing i have to do it too and copy him <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah it's like he's a good player. Builds. It it it's yep. not it's not just his list. Sure, a couple of his things are kind of you know gimmicky and obvious, but I mean, it's he he's a good player. You can't just it's just like net list for anything else. Like you can't just pick it up and say, oh, I can play this. Mm -hmm. The dude the dude plays it 
the way it's supposed to be played. That's all there is to it. I'm, I guarantee you, you could probably write him a list, and he would still do really well with it. Yep. Yeah. So you know, it, it's to your style. And that's that's my point. Is um, just having a talk with uh, Jeff Daniels tonight, and he was sending me his herd list. What do you think about this? You know, for Shiloh, and I was like. You know, man, I, I play a different herd list. I think your list is good. I just, I play it different. And that's part of how this game works. And he said, mm -hmm. I totally agree. And that's why I love it. You know, I think it's going to be really cool to see a lot of variation lists and not walking into a room and every, you know, every list from one army is 90% the same. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. yeah, so well, I, really I excited. That's a great segue because when we did the Lone Wolf Primer, that's what we saw. I mean, yep. first off, we had, what was it, 12 players and only yep. one army got doubled up. Yep. And that army that got doubled up didn't polar look anything opposite. like itself. Yeah. Like, yeah, the, uh, well, not, I wouldn't say polar opposite. Well, if I had I been mean, playing, you would have seen polar opposite. Right, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, very very different take. Like, and it was two guys in the same club, and they still didn't have the same. Yep, same same club. So you know they play each other all the time, and yet they still took drastically different lists. And they they both did well. Don't get me wrong. Um, but yeah, it, it just there, there is not a to take banner of the world dragon. You got to take this many of this, and you got to mm -hmm. drop all of this in there. That. That is, there are, there are, trust me, there are default takes sure. in all oh, the lists. Yeah, 100%. But depending on, like, like we're talking about, depending on your play style, you don't necessarily need to take that default. You can work around it. Yeah. Um, it's all about, you know, like, like y'all were saying, it's all about style. You know, I, I know that the rat can is the more of a ranged, you know, dink and dunk sort of list. And that's just not, just not my play style. So that's not how I'm going to play them. Um, but yeah, make a new army. That's <laughs> not going to happen. Come on, man. I've dude. I've, he I've he got, could. He worked on the castle eventually. He but... could kick himself in the nuts, but he's not going to do that either. That'd be pretty difficult. <laughs> you ever really try to kick yourself in the nuts? Hey, man, hacky sack. That's what I'm saying. Someone started it. I I guess that's a thing. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't. I don't know where we go from here. You yeah, tell me. I think that killed that. Yeah, God I'm finding Jeff killing jokes. <laughs> I'm finding a lot of the time, uh, every army has a unit that's intended for a role. Yeah, and every yep. unit has a purpose, even if it may not be the purpose for the game you want to play. Sure. Yep. It has a purpose in someone else's list for sure. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of units where you look at and you're like, well, there's no point to that whatsoever. Right when I could take this other thing that's clearly better in every way. Yeah, I agree. Uh, there's not, I mean, there's not, there's nothing that's just outstandingly better in every single way. So, Well, other than that, uh, I mean, Mark kind of already talked about the primer and stuff. Um, you know, right after that, we're, we're going to be rolling into masters like, literally the next damn weekend it, it, it is it's not even like a full week it's Ugh. we get home on sunday sounds so unappealing right now. we we get to sleep <laughs> sunday night monday night tuesday night wednesday night then get up at the ass crack yeah of uh, thursday morning yep. and go get on a plane and then we're in vegas for the next uh like four or five days I, I have to go to this, right? Like, that's a thing? Uh, yeah, you're going, you okay. asshole. <clears throat> You'll have I, fun. I am it's excited be, to play. I it's mean, like, fun. it's going to be fun. But, like, damn. Like, it's, like, right after, and it's Warhammer. It's not Kings. Like, if it was I, Kings, I'm excited oh, to go see Friday. people. I don't know that I'm excited Friday. to play Warhammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited to go get drunk with the Midwest guys and the California yeah, guys yeah, and the Northeast yeah. guys and the Southeast guys and Mid-Atlantic and whoever else shows up that I know or have heard of or is in there and has a beer. Yep. I'm excited. So that should be good. We got lists coming up for that pretty soon. So. Yeah, I still I still need to start on that. I mean, obviously, <laughs> obviously I've procrastinated. Well, work got in the way, but pretty I procrastinated sure. on I'm this list. I'm just taking what I took last but. year. 
I kind of don't want to do that, but I think I'm going to wind up doing something like yeah. that. I have to paint a saber tusk. That's uh, that's my big, big shocker. I have to paint something for it. One yeah, right. I can't even excite myself into doing that yet. Yeah. I I was just like, how? What list can I do and not paint any Warhammer models? <laughs> or insult to injury. Uh, what Kings of War models can I take to put in my in my Warhammer army? <laughs> See, I'll get home. I'll pop him on a base. Hey, he's a beast pack. Right. You should do that. Yeah. You should absolutely do that. I will be doing that because I'm Good. lazy. Telling you to. Sweet. Well, uh, I mean, other than that, anything else you wanted to cover, Mark? Uh, I think we already kind of talked about Lone Wolf stuff. I mean, yep. do you, do you uh, anything you want to talk about for Lone Wolf? Because right after Masters, it's right around the corner. Yeah, I know. I got to do the full court blitz there, don't I? Uh, yeah. No, I mean, the the registration's going good. Um, something that always happens is right after Shiloh, we usually get like seven or eight more paid. So um right now participants we're sitting like too shy of having a full suite of people um we're two-thirds paid no no sorry not two-thirds uh three-fourths paid um so if folks want to get in and don't get want to don't want to get stuck on the wait list they might need to their up their pay game um and then we get a couple of primers in DFW, so if anybody happens to be in the area and wants to come and do a little practice with some of the potential lone wolf scenarios, you know, uh, what is it? I think Robbie King's coming up, right? He, Robbie is coming up. Uh, the first one is January 23rd, so it's really easy to remember, one, two, three. That's out at Texas Toy Soldier. And then the uh, next one is in February. It's February 27th, uh, again, at Texas Toy Soldier. And then, uh, then we go into our break until Lone Wolf on April first. So, gives me a little time to tweak a few more things. And yeah, and if you're coming to uh, Lone Wolf, you better bring me a birthday present. It can be beer. It should be beer. Should be. You herpes. should bring beer. My birthday will be Sunday. You can either forfeit the game or you can bring me beer. It's one of those two things. I'll accept payment in those two options. Anybody that beats Jeff on his birthday will get a beer from me. <laughs> Round four challenge. <laughs> challenge except. Mm-hmm. That's what we call a beer bounty. That's how we go. Cool. Well, I think uh I think that'll be good for this evening, fellas. Uh when we come back, uh maybe we'll have a little bit of time to talk right before we hit up um right before we do hit Shiloh. Um I believe that Ryan is lining up the Mercia guys, is that correct? That's right. I'm trying to get them on. They've got their next Kickstarter coming in about two weeks, so I'd like to have them on to talk about what uh, Savage Hordes Part 2 is going to be. Lots of shooting, lots of stuff that I see lots of Kings of War uses for, because shooting is kind of important in that game. It's true. Cool. Uh, we'll also be talking to Ronnie Renton in the nearby future. He's going to come on. Uh, he was supposed to come on after Alamo, but everybody got super busy, and just every, everybody just had everything yeah. going on with... It's Everything. super hard to do stuff around yeah. the holiday season. Yeah, it's it's just rough. So um, he'll be he'll be coming on and talk to us. Um, and I also am setting up um, some time to talk to the guys from the West Coast Kings. If you know West Coast Hammer Time, it's uh, it's it's most uh, most of that group. Um, and then Scott Holcomb and Mike Grant. Um, Scott Holcomb is the guy that got me into playing Warhammer to begin with, so they got inspired when they did a podcast back in the day with us, and uh, they've decided Kings of War is the way to go, and they're all about it. If you guys are looking for another hobby podcast um, that uh, is a lot about story and fluff and fun and game reports and stuff like that, make sure you check them out at West Coast Kings. Uh, That's the name of the podcast. Um, other than that, uh, we'll have a couple really fun episodes coming up for everybody. Just wanted to get another one in the pipe after, uh, the holiday season. So you guys have something to listen to. Um, other than that, we'll talk to everybody soon. See you later. Take care. And you can continue following us on Twitter at HumbleJeff13 for Jeff. At BeerWog for Ryan or my blog at thebeerwog.blogspot.com at cap 
AMR05 for Mark at the beer phase, all one word for the entire podcast. Or if you have to contact us by email, you know, if you want to say something for a long period of time, you can contact us at thebeerphase at gmail.com. That's thebeerphase, all one word, at gmail.com.